Hey everyone, it's Ariel Hawani. And I'm Chuck Mendenhall. And I'm Pete Carroll, and together we are Three Pack. Join us on the brand new Spotify Live app immediately after all of the biggest fights in combat sports. And also during the weigh-ins, because that's when the real drama happens. So what are you waiting for? Follow the Ring MMA show right now on our exclusive Spotify podcast feed. And come join the best community in MMA. Peace! We're out of here. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Let's roll, baby. I have no voice. Welcome in. It is a Monday edition of New York, New York from sunny South Florida. Was at Hard Rock Stadium. I saw a terrible football game. I saw a miserable football game, but who the hell cares? Bottom line is this. Sorry, Jeff fans. I had a moment at your expense. Skylar Thompson, hideous football, no touchdowns. And the Jets season comes to a close. I will save my gloating and I will save our playoff preview for a little bit later on. If you're a Jet fan and I know losing sucks and I know losing to a team that's playing for the postseason sucks from some fan perspective. The Jets losing this game really is probably a blessing. It really is. From the standpoint of scheduling, Now, you didn't get the sort of movement within the draft that I thought you were going to with the idea of losing this game. But hey, does the win here really make you feel better one way or another about the Jet bottom line going into next year? Of course not. If anything, their bottom line, getting the Houston Texans, getting easier games on the schedule is more advantageous for them next year. It is. But what's going to be tough to stomach, because bigger picture, you would have said at the beginning of this year, the Jets are 7-10. and 10. You would have said, you know what? Acceptable. If you told me in August the Jets were a seven-win football team, I probably would have said, you know what? Good year. 
The reason it has a major damper on it and the reason it's going to feel so unsatisfying is because of, number one, the way you absolutely collapsed down the stretch of this year. Think about the winnable games for the Jets that made this Week 18 contest in South Florida irrelevant for them. The two New England games that Zach Wilson spit the bit. The Detroit game when they can't get the big stop on fourth down with the tight end going for a touchdown. The Jacksonville game in which Zach Wilson was an embarrassment, yes, but the defense didn't show up in the first half. The Seattle game in which they did not show up to start the game. You add all of that up and it equates to missed opportunity. The Jets missed a golden opportunity to go and be a playoff team. From a talent standpoint, there is so much more that is here now than what you had a year ago than what you had two years ago. I watched Garrett Wilson today. So I was at the Jet Dolphin game. Very good seats, MetLife Stadium. The seats I had today, and I had a big crew. Keenan, the great Mike Fliegelman, who I'm at his condo right now. He'll join us in a little bit. My dad, great Walt Sanchez. We had a big crew at the game. 50-yard line, 15 rows up, incredible seats. Best seats I've ever had for a football game because you see everything. You're at midfield. You basically have the announcer's view, and you can watch everything materialize, meaning you can watch the inept offensive lines on both teams break down at the point of attack. But what you also could see is a guy like Garrett Wilson working it, not only on the plays he goes and makes the play, Plays where he's not getting the ball, or maybe the throw isn't there. It's like, wow, this guy's game breaker. This guy is a bona fide stud. You got that going on offense. You clearly have Sauce Gardner and many other dudes on defense. Quinn Williams had a great year. DJ Reed had a great year. This building blocks here. Did the Jets get bit by the injury bug? Of course. Losing Brees Hall was a killer. Losing Vera Tucker on the offensive line also was a killer. But at the end of the day, the Jets falling short this year is for one reason and one reason only. The quarterback wasn't good enough. Can we own that? Yeah, we could get on the Jet defense for some of the games that didn't show up or they didn't play to the highest levels. That's true. They needed the quarterback to take a step forward. If anything, he took a step back. And it's now to the point, and let's get this on record now, thinking about the Jet future. He cannot be the quarterback in any way, shape, or form. I don't even want him back as the backup next year. Goodbye, good rins. Don't let the door hit you on the way out. Admit defeat. I know it sucks. I know it's embarrassing from a standpoint of we drafted him number two just two years ago, and we're taking an L on this, that hurts. Does anybody in their right mind think that Zach Wilson is going to be the quarterback of the New York Jets in three years? Like, if you honestly believe that in your heart of hearts, you're an idiot, okay? Or maybe you're drinking green and white Zach Wilson Kool-Aid that his mom gave you. I, I don't know. He's not the quarterback. So, what's next for the franchise? That's the million-dollar question. And Rodgers is saying sayonara to the Green Bay fans. 
Are you talking about Aaron Rodgers? I saw a Connor Hughes story earlier today. And I love my guy, Connor. He's going to come on the podcast. I had a major problem with one of his tweets today. And I called him out for it. I love him. He's very good at what he does. The idea that he was calling for McDaniel to get fired. I mean, am I serious? Guy's got Skyler Thompson starting today. They've had three different quarterbacks, and they're going into playoffs in his first year. Oh, he should get fired after one year. I mean, come on. Connor, you're better than that. That's a bad tweet. It's a bad tweet. I don't like it one bit. But I digress. Quarterback for the Jets. Is it Rodgers? He threw out the Jackson story. If that falls through, are you in on Jackson? Is it Garoppolo? Is it Carr? They got to get that right. Know this. I don't think, and Woody Johnson's weird, and Woody Johnson's antsy, and I know as we sit here at midnight on Monday morning, it's possible that he does something rash for somebody to be held accountable. I don't think it's going to be the head coach. The way I see it, it's playoffs or bust across the board in the organization. I think that goes for Joe Douglas. I think that goes for Robert Sala. It's playoffs or bust. They are not a playoff team at this time next year. So let's go say after the game. Hey, this time next year, we'll be going to the playoffs. Okay. I think a lot of Jet fans would agree. But you got to get it right at quarterback. And next year, oh, eight and nine, we're close. We're right there. No, 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 no. Nine and eight, we just missed. No, no, no. Playoffs or bust for a team that has not made the playoffs since 2010. That's what the Jets got to figure out. And that conversation and those talking points within the organization, I'm sure they've been happening, but they got to accelerate over these next few weeks. Figure out what your plan is going to be at quarterback to win now. You can't have games like they did in each of their last three where you don't score an offensive touchdown. Think about that for a minute. And we watched the football game where offense was at a premium. You know, I think about the Dolphins moving the ball left and right. So much for everybody can get the ball to Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill. You know, that's what I heard earlier in the year. Oh, you could get him the ball. Oh, no, no, no. Oh, really? Really? Just asinine thought process. But anyway. That was a game where the offense was, to say it was bad is an understatement. It was horrific. It was horrific from the Jets. It was horrific from the Dolphins. But to have not one, not two, but three games in this NFL without scoring a touchdown is indefensible. Does LaFleur pay the price for that? That's my question. He's Salah's buddy. You know he's tied with Matt LaFleur. I don't think he wants to fire Mike LaFleur. But do you have Woody Johnson coming down and saying, look, you're the coach, your offense, and specifically your quarterback development was terrible. And somebody's got to pay. I wouldn't be stunned if LaFleur is fired. I don't think Sal is going to want it. And my question is, as we move forward from week 18 to the offseason, does Robert Sal kind of draw a line in the sand and say, no, 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 we're not firing my guy? Would he do that? I don't think he would. You know, I thought he might. The more and more I think about it, Sal's going to want to be here to coach his team. And the problem for defensive coaches is, they don't get a lot of second opportunities. He knows he's got a talented group. He knows he's got building blocks here. 
but he compromised on that. I think he's going to try to sell, hey, everybody should come back, just get me a better quarterback. And to be honest, that's where I stand. And that may be the unpopular opinion in Jetland. I know a lot of Jet fans are going to be like, JJ, somebody's got somebody's to pay the price. Did you guys see Zach Wilson, number one? And did you see the way the offense looked when it wasn't Zach Wilson? Far more competent, far more functional. I'm bringing everybody back, and I'm saying, look, get to the playoffs, or your asses are out of here next year. That's what I'm doing. It's going to be a very fascinating offseason for the Jets. They're moving in the right direction. I know you don't want to hear that. I know the end of the season sucked. Get a quarterback. Shore up your offensive line. Hope that you can get 70 to 80% of Brees Hall back in the mix. And I think you're a playoff team. I really do. So the Jets season comes to a close. The Giants season will not come to a close. Now, I want to commend Brian Dable. And, you know, sometimes you can kind of read between the lines. And I tried to get this out of Daniel Jones before our interview. I did not. I tried to get this out of Daniel Jones during our interview. I did not. I failed. I tried, but I failed. To whether or whether or not they were going to play Sunday against the Philadelphia Eagles. And they did not. And I give Brian Dable a big fat round of applause. Fantastic decision. Compare that to the absolute lunacy that you saw from Staley and the San Diego, or the Los Angeles Chargers, San Diego Chargers. That'll never get out of my head. Can you imagine if Brian Dable had Saquon Barkley and Kayvon Thibodeau playing in the second half of a meaningless game for the Giants and both of them would have go down with injuries? What our conversation would be today? Think about that. And I don't want to hear, oh, well, the 07 Giants, they played the... That is such a different example than any other example in the history of the league over this ridiculous amount of time. Please. I fought with John Fitz all week about this. So you got to play the guys. No, no, you don't. I'm glad they didn't. You know what? It gave you a spirited effort with Davis Webb. Uh, uh, Kenny Galladay scoring a touchdown. I mean, holy moly. It only took till week 18 in a meaningless game where you get a Kenny Galladay siding, for goodness sakes. But they played as competitive a game as they could with the limited amount of talent that was on the field against the team, oh, by the way, that is trying to be the number one seed and ended up being the number one seed in the NFC. That effort was great from the Giants today. Played hard, fought, didn't embarrass themselves, and no major injuries to report going into the playoffs next week. For you knuckleheads who wanted to play all you guys, look at the Los Angeles Chargers. You want to sit there and tell me that Brandon Staley made the right decision if they don't have Joey Bosa and they don't have Mike Williams against Jacksonville? Give me a freaking break. Time and a place. And the Giants got it right. The Giants got it right. And now we got all week. It's the Vikings and the Giants and a rematch of Christmas Eve, a game the Giants easily could have won. We're going to dive into this game a lot more. Daniel Jones will join us on Tuesday. 
We'll do our full wildcard weekend preview on Thursday. I think the Giants are very live in the game. I think the Giants have been so well coached all year. They're not going to be intimidated. They play in this building. They thrived offensively in this building. But you know what I'm fearful of? And I'm not making a pick. I'm not making a pick on any of these freaking games on Sunday. Lions-Packers just ended about a half hour ago. This is where I get in the lab. I let it marinate. I do know there's one game I am 1,000% picking. I told it to Fleegs. I told it to a few others. I know I'm picking this one game. The rest of them, I'm going to let them stick in a little bit. I'm going to see some injury reports, see who's in, who's out, and I'll make my decisions. However, Giants are going to be very trendy. And that's scary. Because the Giants have not been a trendy team all year. The Giants have not been the team that everybody's been picking. Everyone hates the Vikings. Everyone's falling in love with the Giants. I think the Giants are going to be a very trendy pick come Sunday. They get the coveted Sunday 4.30 slot, taking care of ESPN clearly, who ended up losing Bills Bengals with the heartbreaking situation with DeMar Hamlin and what a great turn of events there and what a scene up in Buffalo today. But they took care of ESPN. Giants, Sunday 4.30 against the Minnesota Vikings. And you'll be ready to rock and roll. Good thing you didn't play those starters. Just a little food for thought. All right. A couple of voicemails early. And, and, and as you can tell, the voice is hurting a little bit. All of a sudden, I lose it. You know, golf, a couple late nights. Late night at the Hard Rock, going into an early morning for place your bets and Spotify Live and football and watching football and yelling and screaming for 11 hours. This is where the voice goes. But you buck up, you play like a champion. We do what we do around here. 917 Let's take a couple. Let's hear him, Steph. What's up, JJ? Ian from Connecticut. Just watched the, uh, the Jets and the Dolphins game. I uh, just want to say congratulations to your Miami Dolphins on making the playoffs. Even though there was a bit of a, you know, question, questionable officiating down the stretch with that horse collar, but that's neither here nor there. I can't complain much about the Jets when you score, you know, six points. But regardless, uh, before the year, I think a lot of Jets fans would have had them winning around six or seven games, end up winning seven games. But going seven and three or seven and four, whatever it was, and finishing the year seven and ten is really nothing that we could brag about anymore. You can't feel good about this year anymore after how it's ended. I think the real turning point in the year was the end of that Lions game. The Jets had the Lions on a fourth and short. I think they were up four at the time, and if they got a stop, they won the game. They allowed a 50-yard touchdown. They have not looked the same since then. Before that, when they were losing, they were losing competitive one-score games. They lost to the Bills. No shame in that. They lost to the Vikings. No shame in that. Since then, they just didn't score a touchdown the rest of the year, which is astounding to think about. I think the team next year has real promise. And I don't, I think if they don't make the playoffs next year, they got to take a long look in the mirror at the coaching staff. This team is too good not to make the playoffs next year. If you add a quarterback and add an offensive lineman or two, this no doubt should be a playoff team. But the current state of the team, this, you don't have excuses anymore. You have weapons. You have pieces on defense. Now go make the playoffs. All right, later. You nailed it. Moral victories. 
parades for 6 and 11 and 7 and 10 are over for this franchise. I don't want to hear that next year is a good year if they go 8 and 9. It's playoffs or bust. There are building blocks. Gardner's a keeper. Garrett Wilson's a keeper. Quinn Williams is a keeper. Can you get it right at quarterback? It's the million-dollar question. I think if the Jets solve that issue and clean up a couple of things, we're talking about a playoff team next year. But go and do it. And this game was just atrocious. Basically, the Dolphins won this game on a terrible horse collar tackle and the intentional grounding from Flacco. That ended up being the difference in the game. Field position. Dolphins made a play or two. That's how they end up winning it. And I'm shocked Sanders made a field goal. The guy has been awful all year from anything beyond 50 yards. And it was one of those games for me where I'm like, look, I have no expectation of Miami going into Buffalo next week and winning. I mean, I'm going to be lighting a candle, saying a prayer, hoping that Tua can play if he gets medically cleared. And hopefully that would end up being the case. But if not, I mean, listen, Skyler Thompson or Teddy Bridgewater, you're throwing them to the Wolves against probably the odds-on favorites to go and win the Super Bowl. That has a lot of things working in their favor. Like Buffalo's, they're going to be a monster favorite. They're 10, 10 and a half point favorite already. It will be higher once they announce whoever the quarterback's going to be. Like if it's Skylar Thompson, that line is not closing at 10 and a half. It'll be like 13, 14, 15, give or take. But I wanted it. I was down here. I didn't want Bill from Los Angeles to have his Patriots in the playoffs. The Steelers walked into the playoffs last year. I did not want them walking into the playoffs. I wanted it. My team had made in six years. I wanted it. So as New England falls behind by what, 12 points? I said, just win this damn game. Don't make me leave this stadium with the idea of Joe Flacco and the Jets knocking me out of the playoffs. Please, I don't care who is the quarterback. And my team delivered for me. At a moment. An ugly moment, but a moment nonetheless. And we'll see if the Jets have a moment next year. Is that playoff drought? Look around the NFL. It is number one on the list. 2010. It's a long time coming for this franchise. No more, oh, coulda, shoulda. We're building. We're growing. We'll get better. No. Next year, it's goal time. Case closed. All right. Who's next? What's going on, John? This is uh, Stuart from Brooklyn. I just love the fight that this uh, giant uh, team showed. Even though they had their backups, they just showed so much uh, heart. And I, I feel that we are going with big motivation uh, heading into the, into the postseason, and and uh, even we we also sacked uh, uh, Jalen Hurts three times, and I just love how Cage is looking. Uh, Dable and company should uh, definitely bring him up with the uh, with the first team. I just love his game, and uh, Galladay could be an X factor for us if he makes the plays. Like uh, what he like like what he did today, but I I got a feeling that he's going to show up big time in, in the uh, postseason, and I just hope when we get a Dory back, he's going to be a, a big help against uh, Jefferson. All right, later. That is a key injury to watch. Can a Dory Jackson, who's been out for the Giants, come back and play in this Minnesota game when you know Justin Jefferson, he's a handful. He had that third down screen that got Joseph in line for the 61-yard field goal. He's arguably the best receiver in the NFL. Take your pick, Tyreek Hill, 
Devontae Adams. He is right there. He's a handful. Any help you can get in the secondary is going to be an advantage. The key for me with this game from a Giants standpoint, pass rush, forcing a Cousins mistake or two, and they got to score 24-plus points. They played one of their best offensive games of the year in Minnesota. They're going to need to do that again. Giants are going to be a very trendy pick. I'm just telling you that right now. They're going to be a very trendy pick. I don't even know what I'm doing with that game. Truth be told. Like I told you guys, there's one game I've bet already. I've locked it in. Our friends at FanDuel put up the lines. I will tell you what they are in a little bit. There's one game I bet. I'm not even unveiling what it is until Thursday when I sit down with Benigo. The Giant Viking is not one of them. It's a very, very tough game to handicap. Giants are live. Am I picking the Giants? Yeah. You'll have to wait and see. All right. My main man, Mike Fliegelman, my former producer, Big Jeff fan, was at the game with me today. Uh, he's got a lot to say. You guys are going to enjoy this. Um, I don't know how disgruntled he is with the coaching staff. I know he's disgruntled with the quarterback. This should be fun. Fleeks, my buddy, is coming up next. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So I knew this guy was going to join the podcast because I am at his condo in Florida right now. He's a diehard Jet fan. We made this great weekend. But please, you had to sit there and watch your team in person today. So my condolences and my apologies for that. But what a rotten football. That was a rotten football game. You know what's amazing, JJ? That might have taken the top slot now for worst game I've ever seen in person. I was at the Jets Cardinals 7-6 no, 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 no. McElroy game. That game was game. the worst. This that was up game there. Was well, listen, at least this game... There was some back and forth. That game had a touchdown. It did. And for this game for today, for I mean a touchdown, that would have been a miracle. But but in all seriousness with this game, Joe Flacco behind that jet offensive line, Skyler Thompson without Armstead behind that Dolphin offensive line, the under was the lock of the century. Yeah, we were saying before the game, oh, we all like the under. And then like one possession into the game for each team saying, why don't we all bet our life savings on the under? I mean, that was free money they were giving away. That should have been the lowest total in NFL history. Listen, it was a stinker of a football game. The crazy thing is, one, I am a person, if the game means nothing, let my team lose, get me a better draft pick, better schedule. And sitting there, one, we all obviously wanted the Patriots out. I hate the Steelers so much more than I hate the Dolphins. I have two playoff losses to them in my life. The last relevant Jet game, really, 12 years ago, was against the Steelers. So I'm happy to see you in the playoffs over them. Well, and listen, the Steelers were gifted a playoff spot last year. So you didn't want to see history repeat itself there. And when the Patriots, we're following along with the one o'clock games. 
when they get that fumble from Singletary and they have the ball inside the 20 tied, I'm like, I looked at you and I said, they're going to win this damn game, RNA. To kick the field goal and then boom, get the kickoff, to get two kickoff returns in that game. I mean, how typical of the Pats. Two kickoff returns for touchdowns. The Pats, the Pats special teams falling apart, please. When's the last time they give up plays like that in a season, let alone one game? Three in a year is crazy. I mean, for New England, for Bill Belichick, that is just impossible to believe. And when the Bills returned the opening kickoff, you were the one who told me, like, we had just sat down, we're watching the beginning of our awful game. And when Naheem Hines brings that opening kickoff return back, I think the Bills are going to destroy the Patriots. This is going to be like the playoff game between them last year. Credit to the Pats for staying involved in that. We both had the Bills. They got the job done. Thankfully, we don't have to see. After watching them last year in the playoffs, as much fun as it was to bet against them and watch them lose, I don't want to see the hoodie and Bill Belichick in another playoff game. If the Patriots were in the playoffs this year, it would have been because of one person, Zach Wilson. And I am at a point right now where I never want to see Zach Wilson again. I would like to somehow never have to think about him again. So the Patriots being out of the playoffs is one less reason for Zach Wilson to pop into my head next week. I'm glad you brought this up. I didn't even ask you this. Did you have a problem with Zach Wilson not starting this game today? No, because, well, one, the outside of the play on the field, and he's an absolute disaster at quarterback. You know, today, Joe Flacco's MO with no offensive line was get the ball when they were throwing and get rid of it immediately. Even if that meant just throwing it up for grabs, throwing it away, no backpedaling, no spinning around. Zach Wilson has still never learned that lesson. I think watching him would have been even worse today, save for the one. Three or four interceptions. Yeah, save for maybe he makes one great play where he escapes and he runs. I think it would have been worse with him today. And we still have to acknowledge every time we talk about Zach Wilson, remember the fact that he lost this locker room and he has done nothing in a month plus to learn back the respect of any of his Jets teammates. So he couldn't have been out there. And I, I don't want to see him. I don't want to see him ever playing for my team again. I'm right there with you. There's no purpose for him to be on this team next year. They're clearly going in a different direction at quarterback. And look, there are pieces now with the Jets. You couldn't even say that a year ago. Now you look, you say, wow, Sauce Gardner is an all-pro corner. Garrett Wilson is a thousand-yard wide receiver. Quinn Williams has really emerged into being a stud. DJ Reed was a great pickup. Even a guy like Mosley, you know, like he's a pro. And Brees Hall, Elijah Barrett Tucker, they'll be back. You would hope that Brees Hall is 75% of what he was. Little concern with the injury and how he's going to look. But the point being is you have a team next year that can compete. You have a team that should be playoff caliber. You can't have another year where it's, oh, well, we got to see if Zach can be the guy. He ain't the guy. He's not with this team. Got to cut your losses. You can't. I mean, if the Jets had had a season like the Jaguars had or the Lions had, especially like the Lions where they missed the playoffs, if the Jets came on late, maybe you would say, okay, give Zach Wilson another chance. And this would be if the off the field stuff with him losing the locker room didn't happen. Maybe you could say it then because this team collapsed and because you see the talent. Listen, I know the defense had their bad moments at the end of the year. First half against Jacksonville after, aside from the first possession the fourth and one against Detroit. They had their bad moments. The coaching staff had a lot of really bad moments down the stretch. This is a team that finished fourth in the league in points allowed. This is a team that was seven and four. The quarterback was the reason they're not in the postseason. The rest of the team was playing with no margin for error for the last month plus of the season. The problem is the quarterback, even if there are some issues, you know, we can debate Mike LaFleur. Is he the best option to run the offense? The solid debate, 
I think we're going to have it for the next few days until Woody Johnson announces either he's fired or he's safe. You can have all those conversations. The one thing nobody in their right mind can do right now is make a case for Zach Wilson to get another shot with this team. Because you could watch him week one of next season. If he looks like he did this year with the rest of that talent around him, you would say, well, that's it. They just punted the season. It's over. Week one, if he looks like the Zach Wilson we saw this year, you just wasted everybody else for an entire season. And they would be going on 13 years without making the playoffs in the NFL. Douglas would be fired. Sala would be fired. None of them can risk it. And I think everyone in that building knows that they have to move on. That's the one good thing outside of the building blocks they have. I feel confident right now about the Jets. Despite what Sala is saying publicly, they know that Zach Wilson can't be the quarterback next year. Okay. Here's my take on the Jets going in front office, coach, coordinator. I'm bringing everybody back next year. Do you have a problem with that? No, I agree. Listen, Joe Douglas. Douglas is a given. He's drafted well outside of Wilson. He's made some really good trades. Garrett Wilson's a player. Saw some player. He drafted a guy who's probably going to win Offensive Rookie of the Year. The guy who probably would have won Offensive Rookie of the Year if he didn't get hurt. The likely Defensive Rookie of the Year. And he had one of the best, if not the best, free agent signings in the NFL with DJ Reed. He's got to come back. back. He's added pieces. Robert Sala, the only way you're firing him to me is if Woody Johnson says, you know what, it's time for me to go get a real coach who's had a lot of success in this league and he's ponying up the money and maybe compensation for Jim Harbaugh or Sean Payton. And I don't think there's a chance in the world that Woody Johnson does that. So if you're telling me it's Robert Sala getting a real third year to show what he is with this team or just another coordinator getting his first shot, I'm giving Robert Sala one more year, get him a different quarterback, and same thing with LaFleur. I I'm saw this LaFleur offense the click year with two, other quarterbacks. And that's why. Because you could have your critiques. And he did not have a great year. I'm not going to say that Michael Ford had a great year. But when Mike White was the quarterback, this offense was creative. They moved the ball. They put up points. Can I see what he can do with a real quarterback? Is that, is, is that crazy? Now, listen, I still remember the Josh Johnson game last year where that team, after White gets hurt, they're putting up 30 points. Mike White, you said it. We've seen this offense have success with everybody not named Zach Wilson and brief moments with Zach Wilson, but not nearly sustainable enough. I want to see Mike LaFleur. Again, if you're just firing him to bring in the next guy who's getting his first crack in an offensive coordinator, I can't do that. Not with a win-now team. Absolutely not. If the, if the argument is, and this is what the Jets decide to do, that they're moving on from Mike LaFleur to hire a Frank Reich, or Gary Kubiak wants to come help a guy who once was Robert Sala's boss and he likes him and he wants to help him out a few years, or Cliff Kingsbury if he doesn't go to the Patriots, assuming he gets fired. Somebody like that who's had success running an offense, I can live with it that way. But if you're just going to fire him to let Douglas or have somebody else just pick a young, uh, new offensive coordinator who's not Robert Sala's buddy, at that point, just let all of them succeed or fail together let the three of those guys get into a room, pick the quarterback, and ride or die, and they all succeed. They go to the playoffs, or they all get fired after next year. And is that fair to say? Because to me, that's the mandate. I think across the board, it's, it's as simple as it ever gets. And even if they're a nine and eight team and they miss the playoffs next year, that's not good enough. To no, you would have, have to, to win to ten or eleven games and have some fluky kind of year where that doesn't get you into the playoffs. Nuts! It's ten wins in playoffs, and in this new format with seventeen games. I would think 10 wins is almost always going to get you in. So you get to 10 and 7 or better and make the playoffs or they're cleaning house. I think it's that simple. Okay. Million dollar question. Quarterback. 
I don't start as on the roster. You can give me fantasy land and you can give me a realistic scenario. I'll let you do two. Who do you want to see as your potential Jet quarterbacks next year? Well, it's funny because there was one guy who I would have put in fantasy land a couple hours ago. And then when Aaron we Rogers. watched, and then when we watched that was with him saying goodbye. I mean, you saw him with Randall Cobb. He had the arms around, waving goodbye to the, the fans. To the crowd. Tells Jamal Williams he wants to hold on to the jersey after the game. Aaron Rodgers said goodbye to something tonight. It was either the Green Bay Packers. It might be football in general, and he's just going to retire. You can't rule that out with Rodgers. Can't rule that out. Listen, Ro- Aaron Rodgers is out there. You can't rule he's out anything dude. with him. He's a weird dude. But I'll go fantasy land because Aaron Rodgers to me, I, he's kind of in between right now. Fantasy land. Is Lamar Jackson? If somehow say, he gets free, more so Jackson or more so Rogers. Listen, I would. I think if you ask who's my number one option, I could just that might possibly be available that I could get. It's Lamar Jackson. It has to be the talent, the age, even with the injury, injury concerns, scary? a little bit. But you know what? The guy who's I think the most realistic option who they could probably end up with a guy like Jimmy Garoppolo. Also, he gets problem. hurt just no as doubt. often. So, fantasy land is Lamar Jackson. I agree. That's the guy with the highest upside. I still don't think the Ravens let him go. How can they? Especially look what with they the look like without looked. him. They're so I bad. mean, and last year, at least the Ravens had Tyler Huntley come in and play really well. Where it's like, oh, we can play with it. This year, they've been awful without Jackson. Yeah, the boom has come off the Huntley Rose the same way it's kind of come off the Mike White Rose for a lot of Jets fans. I, I think we've moved on from the idea that Tyler Huntley can replace Lamar Jackson. Or that really agree. anybody can replace Lamar Jackson. I would agree. Now, we debated about this. So, Fleeks and I are here a couple of days. I've been on the Garoppolo bandwagon. I think he gets a raw deal. I think he's a winner. I think he's played well. He's played well in Shanahan's system. And he knows this system. He's going to come in and know exactly what LaFleur and Sal are looking for. You're a car guy. I'm not. Make the case for car. Well, listen, I agree with you on Garoppolo. Even though the Brock Purdy stuff kind of scares me a little bit, what he's, he's been, been able right. to do. How about the fact that Purdy might just be good? Right. Garoppolo is the simplest guy. He's not going to cost you anything in a trade. I get all that. Derek Carr is a guy who, for me, almost 10 years now, going back to him in college, I have always been a fan. I want to see him in a real offense with, and now I don't know if the Jets have a real coach, but I know they have the real talent all around him. Yes, the Raiders got Devontae Adams for him this year. That offense wasn't always functional. Derek Carr, since he's been in the league, 2014 on, the Raiders have never ranked better than 20th in the NFL in team defense. He's gotten them to the playoffs multiple times. His head coach is in the league. Dennis Allen for a few games before he got fired. Tony Sperano, may he rest in peace, was the interim coach after that. Jack Del Rio, John Gruden, Rich Passaccia, Josh McDaniels, who I, of course, don't respect as a head coach because how could you? He's only been successful with one guy as his boss and one guy as his quarterback. I'm willing to take a flyer on Derek Carr. I think he's somebody who could have a great second career with the team, whether it's the commanders that get him or the Jets, whoever gets he him. He strikes me as a Tennessee Titan. He, uh, listen, I think the Titans Doesn't are going to be in the sense? mix for Carr. They'll be in the mix for a guy like Rodgers. Carr, to me, I'm not worried about him in New York. I'm not all that worried about him in the cold weather. I want to see him come to a team with a Garrett Wilson Elijah Moore, whatever else the Jets had at receiver, the running backs, Hall, hopefully an improved offensive line. I want to see Derek Carr in this offense. I've always been a believer he's in talented. Derek Carr. Listen, he's talented. The, and the numbers are good. Even though with this year, he had the two, three interception games that really inflated his pick totals that got him up to 14. He's had 68 to 70 
percent completion percentage a few years in a row. And the team wasn't great when Gruden was the head coach, but Carr's numbers in those years were really good. But he got better. He's a good quarterback. Yeah, better. Here's and what he's I'm a afraid leader. of though. His teammates love him. He's very likable. He's good enough to lose. That's kind of the feeling I get with Carr. Maybe that's unfair. And listen, the year in 2016, he was great. I, I had him, I think, either second or third that year, maybe well, even first. And he was he finished third, I believe, in the ballot. And the one thing about Carr, this did happen to him at the end of that year. He's missed three games in his career due to injury. Every Jet quarterback going back at least, what, four or five years has missed three games at least just in one season, in each season due to injury. Carr stays on the field. That, for me, is a big edge for him over Garoppolo. I just think there's untapped potential with Derek Carr. That Garoppolo, we know what he is. And I can make the same argument that he's good enough to lose that he did in the Super Bowl. I think Garoppolo is a very good quarterback. With him, the Jets are a playoff team. With Carr, I'm not saying it's likely. It's still a very small chance. I think Carr gives you that chance to something clicks really? and he gets you over the top. So I've, I just, I've always been a Derek Carr fan. And I love them that 2016 year. To me, even with Gruden putting up the numbers, something has been missing. Now, maybe that's the situation. And maybe we'll find out if Derek Carr goes to a different situation. He can ascend to that level that he was at in 2016. He's kind of been in an organization that is as dysfunctional well, as the New York Jets for a long, long time. Very jet-like. Okay, so you like Carr more than Garoppolo, and I tell you, Carr is the Jet quarterback next year. You have no oh, problem. Oh, I'm dancing. And the good thing about him is I think he'll be the Jets' top target just because that situation has to be sorted out before three days after the Super Bowl. So I think that gets done early, and I think the Jets will be in on him just because I think they'd rather do that and then know either they get him or they don't, and then they pivot to Lamar or Rodgers or Garoppolo. Worst-case scenario for Jets fans next year I think Garoppolo is your quarterback. Yeah, That's gonna, worst case scenario with probably Mike White as the backup and Zach right Wilson now. shipped elsewhere. And the only way I see Zach Wilson on this roster, I don't know if I would do it, but the only way I would see them doing it is if they get Rodgers and they try to say, you know what? This is a two-year shot, one or two years shot with Rodgers. Let's hope and pray that Zach Wilson can learn from the guy that he has very openly said for years is his idol. Wow. Can you imagine we're talking about Aaron Rodgers as the New York Jet quarterback next year? Listen, 15 years after Favre, why not? I was going to say, would you have some bad PTSD with Favre? Yeah, but Favre, I mean, listen, he got hurt. I wish he told the team. I don't think they would have won with Kellen Clemens anyway. So once he got hurt, that was kind of it. There's a lot of bad, a lot of bad PTSD with that entire 2018. But maybe this is kind of the turnaround from 2008 to 2009, although you're keeping the coach and you're changing the quarterback and said it's not a rookie, but you're taking a team that had a lot of talent was kind of ready to win, and then you brought in some guy. With that team, it was the coach. With this team, it would be the quarterback that was able to take them to the next level. Let's be honest. Rodgers and Brady are dying to be Niners. They well, listen, dying. yeah. Maybe not get the opportunity. The Brock Purdy situation makes it very interesting. I mean, if you're going to move on to bring in an older aging quarterback? You could maybe with now, one of those guys lose, for a year and just have Brock Purdy sit. That's the thing. If they lose, it's a much easier set. Trey Lance would be gone, but Brock Purdy could sit there for a year or two behind those guys. I mean, it's weird. You're watching tonight. Remember Brady, his last game as a Patriot. It ends with that interception. They go home. Titans. Did we see the same thing with Rodgers tonight? Last game as a Green Bay Packer, final throw. He throws a pick, and they go home for the season. That'll be something. Uh, What playoff game are you looking forward to the most? That is a really good question. I mean, I think because I think the wild card round is kind of meh. I think the divisional round is setting up to be epic. I think you're going to get a lot of what you got last year with the wild card round. 
a lot of blowouts. And then, I mean, not the epic division round we got last year, but a lot of really good games. I can't believe I'm saying I'm looking forward to this game, but because of one reason, Todd Bowles is coaching in it. Really interested to see Tom Brady and the Bucks against the Cowboys. Oh, the the, game the McCarthy versus Todd Bowles coach playoff game has disaster of epic proportions written all over it. I mean, the kind of things that these two buffoons can pull off as head coaches in game management, I'm excited to see it. And then listen, if just from a New York angle, Giants and Vikings, if the Giants can beat the Vikings, that makes just another statement for them on what's already been it's an incredible year. year. It's a house it's money game. It's a house game. money year no matter what. And as lucky as the Vikings have been all year, if they go on the road to face a team that they just lost to, it was a really close game, but they did lose. A team that won 13 games. If they can go into their building and beat them in a postseason game, I mean, how do you not do anything but celebrate the Giants season? And Brian Dable, who I'm with you, he should be the coach of the year. Sam Close. Maybe you want to give Doug Peterson an argument because he got this team to... Peterson's done a fantastic job. He would be my number two choice. Suriani. And how about everybody mocking roster. us two years ago, back when you were at the fan? Hey, listen. Doug Peterson, Jets, no-brainer. And people didn't just disagree with I us. I said they it mocked us. for both teams, the Jets and the Giants, Fleegs, that Peterson is a winner. He took a team with Carson Wentz, who now is an absolute stiff. He had Carson Wentz playing like an MVP. And he goes and wins a Super Bowl with Nick freaking Falls? Yeah. I said it for the Jets. I said it for the Giants. I said it for the Dolphins. And I think it's fair to say it's worked out pretty well in Jacksonville. Listen, there was a time in mid-December 2020 when there started to first be rumblings about Peterson and the Eagles because of the Joe Douglas connection. At the time, the Jets were winless. I thought the Jets are really going to end up with Trevor Lawrence and Doug Peterson. They got neither. Jaguars, who got them both, they feel pretty good right now. It's funny you say that. That's the game I'm looking forward to the most. Aside from my team. I mean, listen, my team, if they could, it would be a great story. And listen, obviously, look, anything is going to be scary now with this guy on a football field because of the concussions. That's unfortunately part of the narrative for him moving forward. But if he's medically cleared, he's going to play. If he's not, he's not. You know, like, I think people kind of like read into it saying like, oh, well, if he's medically cleared, all these, no, 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 no. If he's medically cleared, He's got the go at the play. He's out there. And listen, Mike McDaniel is going to play him if he's medically clear. That's it's and a simple any coach decision. Would make the exact same decision. Absolutely. How could now you're going to have eyeballs on it, especially after what happened with Hamlin here last week? Gut, I do not think he's going to play. I agree with you. I don't think he plays. I think it'll. But the question will be: Is is Teddy Bridgewater able to play, or do you get Skylar Thompson today, who made well, some awful is, throws? If you get Skylar Thompson, that is going to be. I'll give him credit bad. for one thing. Didn't turn it he, over. He, no mistakes, and he had good escapability. There were some plays where the Jets' pass rush could have brought him down, and he got away. But th- listen, there's some decent games next weekend. Ravens, Bengals, if Lamar Jackson. That's a fun game. And listen, if Lamar plays, that's a live game. I can't wait for Herbert against Lawrence. And We watched that week three game together uh, with Cousin Sal out of oh, Brooklyn Jacksonville when smoked the Jaguars them. destroyed them. Did the Chargers give you more of a fight? I mean, Brandon Staley. Staley. When are these coaches going to learn playing guys in a meaningless game? When you told Williams me, and Bosa. when we were at the game that Williams left with an injury, it was like, how is he? Like, did he get hit on the sideline because someone ran him over when he's standing and watching the game? How on earth is he in the game? He's made a glass. Like, uh, right, that guy's, guy's made a glass. That guy's whole career has been him getting injured. If there was, I mean, two players, if you're the Chargers, that cannot be on the field in a game like that, maybe three Bosa, Williams, 
Keenan Allen, guys who have gotten hurt their entire careers. Brandon Staley, woof. Two years, in, two years in a row, last week of the regular season, woof. You got some explaining to do if I'm the owner of the team and you go and lose in a wild card round next week because I didn't have Mike Williams and I didn't have Joey Bosa. And that's a team who remember two years ago who they could have and should have hired instead of Brandon Staley. The guy who made the right decision on Sunday, Brian Dayball. Would have been perfect for Herbert. That was the guy. They went Brandon Staley. You're not wrong about that. And your boy Adam Shine, I remember, was screaming about that at the time. You gotta wonder. They lose. Now, I don't think they'll do it. Sean Payton. That's the perfect job for Sean Payton. Listen, if I'm Sean Payton, that's the job I want. He loves living in LA. If not the Cowboys. He's got the quarterback. You have Herbert for the entire time you're there. The only thing you don't like about that job is that you got Kansas City to deal with. That's the only thing you don't like. Because Kansas City's a wagon. As long as Andy Reid and Mahomes are there, they're freaking wagon. That is the only downside. If there was one division you don't want to be in because of one team and one player, it's the Chiefs and Mahomes. It's that guy. 1,000%. All right. Before we say goodbye. Are the Mets getting this Correa thing done? What the hell is going on here? Every day there's a conflicting report. Now it's leaning no. Now and, today and or Sunday at the Hammond one, yes. I'm adamant that's going to happen because the owner basically stuck his neck out there and made it happen. But it's annoying now at this point. It's like, enough. What's going on? It is. You know, you have the stuff that's clearly Boris leaking it out there to make it seem that Correa has other suitors that he's talking to. Steve Cohen liking tweets. Ah, the Mets will be okay even if they don't get him. I still think it gets done, mostly for the reason that after the Giants flagged the physical and the Mets have flagged the physical, is there really another team out there willing to give Correa a long-term deal without similar kind of protections that the Mets are looking to put in right now? I would say no. And if it is, if it's a closed deal, if you're talking 10 years with the Twins, 12 years with the Mets, Carlos Correa, I think once that idea got in his head of being a Met, on a team that can win every year. This is a guy who's been in playoff baseball most of his career until last year with the Twins, playing with his buddy Lindor. I think at the end of the day, Correa's want for it and Cohen's want for it. Get this over the finish line. I'm right there with you. Fleegs, keep up the good work, buddy. Uh, the condo is beautiful, by the way. This is for, listen, I can't wait. As bummed this as I am about the Jets, yearly tradition. I cannot, it can't be Christmas and we don't want it during October playoff baseball. Not Maybe deal. September we could work around. September we could do. Last year was mid-December. This year, week 18. Give us that for Jets-Dolphins. Continue this annual trip. We've eaten well. We've had some drinks. We've had a lot of laughs, a lot of fun. This has been great. And we watched one of the worst football games ever in between. And it will be a memorable one for me. A terrible game that ended with a postseason appearance. Uh, are we laying the wood with Georgia tomorrow night? I think we have to. I, saw, I mean... Even though I'll do I it. Don't I don't want to. I'm going to probably root for TCU. I would love to see TCU win. I can't see it happening. Me neither. Me neither. Georgia's a wagon. You tell me Georgia's losing this game tomorrow. Yeah, listen, I know Ohio State was the lower seed. Blah, blah, blah. Ohio State might have been the third most talented team in the country behind Georgia and Bama. TCU can't give Georgia the kind of game that Ohio State did. Mike Flegelman, happy new year, buddy. Happy New Year. I thought you were done with happy new year. You know what? I thought I was done too. All right, we'll run around the league. We'll give you some early thoughts. No picks. But thoughts on the betting lines for Wild Card Weekend. That's next. So, a couple quick thoughts from Week 18. That is a horrendous loss for the Packers. Fleegs and I just hit on it a few minutes ago. They're up in that game. The Jones fumble was an absolute killer. Changed all the momentum at the end of the first half. Then you have Crosby missing a kick. The Lions played with spunk. They played with passion. Goff was tremendous. Jared Goff outplayed Aaron Rodgers. Rodgers was not good. The pass rush, Hutchinson was an absolute beast. Good for the Lions. 
I am annoyed the Lions are not in the playoffs. I would much rather be watching the Lions this Sunday as opposed to Seattle against San Francisco. Please. But Seattle, hey, they survived the missed field goal at the end of regulation. That was a bull-don't-lie scenario. That call on Ramsey was an absolute disgrace. What an absolute disgrace that was. But they go to overtime. They do what they need to do, and Geno Smith's going to the playoffs. Pretty wild. We're talking about Geno Smith and the Seattle Seahawks going to the playoffs. Good for them. They had to win their last two games. They got a little help along the way. They're obviously going to be sending Christmas cards the way of the Detroit Lions at this time next year. So Seattle is a playoff team. Good for Pete Carroll. Trades away Russell Wilson works out well. I can't believe Staley played his guys. What an absolute clown. What a stupid, idiotic, nonsensical decision to play guys who are injury prone, to play any of you guys in a game that means absolutely nothing. Dable got it right. Staley got it wrong. The other big takeaway, Buffalo. To get two kick returns. First game from the DeMar Hamlin. Monday, just heartbreak and anguish and everything that came with that game. Maybe this is the year of the Buffalo Bills. You know, Buffalo has had close calls with Josh Allen. Buffalo clearly knows a thing or two about heartbreak. Four straight Super Bowl losses. Maybe it's the year of the Buffalo Bills. I was thinking that today. I know the Patriots are not any good. I know the Patriots were just uncharacteristically sloppy all year. Ended up being their demise. Talented team, especially on defense. Sloppy. Lacking football IQ. Not used to saying that from a Bill Belichick coach team. Maybe it's Buffalo's year. Maybe it is. Now. Wildcard weekend. The schedule is interesting. ESPN 1000% wanted that Buck Cowboy game. Maybe it's because of both Bengals a few weeks ago. I think that's very possible. Maybe it's they fought tooth and nail. Hey, we got to get the best game of the week for Monday night. Well, I got it. Brady and the Cowboys. That'll do a monster rating. That is the most sexy wildcard weekend game without hesitation. Saturday, they go early. Seattle, San Francisco. Niners, 10.5 point favorite. Saturday night, Chargers, Jaguars. I love the game. The two young quarterbacks, Doug Peterson, Brandon Staley. Major coaching mismatch, if you ask me. Uh, that's going to be a fun one. Surprised it's Saturday night, but Jaguars, Chargers. Chargers, 1.5 point road favorites. Went from 2.5 to 1.5. Hmm. Mm. Then Sunday, Miami and Buffalo. Right now, the line is 10 and a half. I'm telling you right now, if you like Buffalo, bet it now. Because if they announce it's not Tua, you're not getting 10 and a half. That line is going to go up and up and up. Mark my words on that. That's a house money game for the Dolphins. Nobody's going to give you a chance. Let it all hang out. I want wacky shit from Mike McDaniels on that. Get wacky. Why not? It's weird having that approach in a playoff game, but that's the approach I would have, especially if you're starting Skyler Thompson. Then I'm going to be lighting candles. I mean, I'm lighting them now for Tua. Uh, maybe I'm going to be asking for 10 Hail Marys if Skyler Thompson's playing quarterback. What's Buffalo going to be, like minus 1,500 on the money line? Sounds about right. 
Giants, three-point dogs against the Vikings. No surprise. And the early indications, wow, 72% of the tickets, 94% of the money is on the Giants early. Interesting. Very interesting. Cincinnati, now we're waiting on Lamar Jackson. Six and a half point favorite against the Ravens. No love loss between these two. That's the Sunday night game. And then Dallas, a three-point road favorite against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And right now, everybody betting the Buccaneers early. Interesting. Very interesting. So, you can chew on that. I'm not making picks till three. I'm sure we'll discuss some lines with the East Coast Bias Boys, and I'll make at least a pick or two. But Thursday with Joe, we'll be ready to rock and roll. We've got a busy week. Daniel Jones is going to join us on Tuesday. Thursday, or Football Friday festivities. A lot of giant stuff. We'll probably do a giant spot. I'll figure out who we're going to put on. I haven't decided yet. But we'll have a giant spot. No doubt about it. As they get ready for the postseason. Big week. We haven't had New York playoff football since 2016. It's been a while. Long overdue. All right, before we say goodbye, Jeff Bunny, who almost had a 5-0 week, but the Packers screwed me, they screwed you. What are we going to do? Money, the floor is yours. What up, JJ? Jeff Money here with a handicapper. Picks will be tomorrow, Monday, January 9th. As far as the football ending the season, I ended the season on a winning note. I wound up hitting my top three threes, going 3-0 and right now in the 1 o'clock games. Hit my money play again, so I wound up going 12-6 and on the year on that. Thanks to your Miami Dolphins. Hit that with my money play. So congrats on your Dolphins there for the playoffs. As far as the uh, national championship game, I'm going to roll with Georgia minus the 12 and a half over TCU. So I'm going to take Georgia minus the 12 and a half over TCU. Let's see if we got a family play on that on that. And everyone can always follow all my daily plays on Twitter at Jeff Money. Okay, JJ, I'm out of here. Let's go. Let's go, Jeff Money. The Georgia Bulldogs are going to have a monster national championship. I'd love to see TC win. Georgia's got too many dudes. And it seems like everybody's betting TCU and they're buying into the TCU narrative. That's a mistake. That's a big mistake. I think this is a Georgia romp. We had two great national semifinal games. I do not think we will have that for the national championship on Monday night. And one last thought. Saw that Kevin Durant injury. Scary. We don't know the latest development as far as the timetable and whatnot. But that's the issue with this net team. It's Durant injuries, Kyrie being a ticking time bomb, can go off at any time. The injury or Kyrie being a nut job. So that's why when I try to like temper enthusiasm with Brooklyn, even as they're winning 13 in a row and they're playing as well as anybody in the Eastern Conference, seems like in this regime, you're always waiting for the other shoe to drop. So hopefully everything checks out with Durant. I know I'm not waving net pom-poms, but I want to see him play. It's good for basketball. It's good for the Nets. It's good. You want to see Kevin Durant at his best. And he's been an absolute beast this year. So hopefully everything's A-OK there. Good job by Stefan. We're back Tuesday with the quarterback of the Giants. Big week, Giant fans. Giants, Vikings. Wild card weekend. I like the sound of that. Hopefully my voice will be recovered. Jason Sanders. Getting a Christmas card. Didn't think he was 24 hours ago. Jason freaking Sanders. On that note, JJ out. Enjoy your Monday. Hopefully not crazy happens tomorrow. For my sake. We'll catch you on Tuesday. Be good, everybody.